your video's not on. Oh. Heaven forbid. Hey, there you are. Wearing a Brooklyn Brigade cat. How fitting. That's right. I've been wearing this all day. Yeah, I know that, but we're oh, now... Our listeners don't. <laughs> it's out. We've been hanging out prior to this in a very responsible, socially distanced way, outdoors, of course, and masked the entire time. Yep. Uh, now we are both unmasked and ready to talk about the Nets. If one of the two of us would do a quick introduction of the show. Sure. I hope folks are ready to welcome back to another episode of Maybe Net Time. I am your host, William, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation! I hope you like watching the Long Island Nets. Why? Because that's what our team consists of now, mostly. Oh, right, right. And with that, we are back as we are each and every unrelenting <laughs> week to talk all things Nets Nation. Simon, how are you doing, my friend? Good. Uh, again, as you mentioned, relatively the same as I was... Uh, 18 minutes ago? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you are still wearing the fake tux that you had on earlier? <laughs> That's right. Uh, Wear black for the fourth, William. Yes, blackout fourth. Right. We we will not be. He will not find us posting on social media today. But I am planning, Simon, and I haven't talked to you about this. But I am planning on doing a survey. I don't know if that's is quite the right word, but I, I want to do a, a feature on Instagram, maybe on Twitter. Uh, that features all of our the bobblehead nets bobbleheads that I have. Oh yeah, okay. And sort of get some feedback on which bobbleheads people are most into. Uh, I've got at this point over at least twelve, so I feel like there's you know a a, a critical mass there, and we could we could get some. Some opinions on that. Yeah, definitely. How many bobbleheads are you working with right now? Not nearly as many as you have. Mine always get stolen or lost. I, I probably have like five, six. And where do you keep them? Um, almost all of them. In fact, maybe all of them are uh, at work. Oh, because Hillary doesn't want them at home? Well, I, you know, I, I mean... I don't want to lay the blame on her, but I would say that it's they're probably more appreciated at work. But let's say that. Really? Who appreciates them at work? Well, you know, it's like if someone's trying to make like small talk with you sure, sure, or whatever, sure. they can be like they stop by your desk and they're like, oh, cool nets or, you know, oh, neat ball, uh, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. You know how small talk works. Yeah, I do, kind of. <laughs> uh yeah, and you're like, yeah, it's Rondé Hollis Jefferson. And they're like, oh, right, a household name. Well exactly. aware of him. Exactly, exactly. That's that's a good idea. I, I don't have nearly enough things to draw people into my, my uh, cubicle at work. <laughs> yeah, clearly from my miming of the uh, small talk, I, I um, it's a magnet. Does does Juan have any uh, any New Orleans Pelicans uh, bobbleheads? I don't think so. No, I mean he hasn't really lived in New Orleans for a long time, but um, 
So that may be part of it, or he may not uh, be as big a, a bobblehead nut as I am. But. <laughs> when did bobbleheads become such a big thing? I don't know, and i got to tell you, William, I feel like the Nets are kind of behind the times. Like, I don't know that they're a big thing now. You don't think they're doing, like, LeBron James bobblehead night at the uh, Lakers Forum? Right. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I think the hipper clubs have probably moved on to something we don't even know about. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate a bobblehead, but I would certainly be more into, like, a triple-A baseball-style 50-cent beer night or something like that, you know, where you could... Uh, a deal you could really sink your teeth into. Right. Right. Uh, exactly. Okay, well, we are, as I mentioned here, to discuss all things Nets Nation. Uh, and I would I wanted to begin this week, which, of course, it goes without saying, we have a huge amount to discuss... Uh, but I wanted to start this week with a headline of the week, Simon. Oh, okay. This is from the revered Nets website, Nets Daily. And yeah. it reads, quote, one year on, ellipsis. It's not that bad here, exclamation <laughs> mark, exclamation <laughs> mark. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, Simon. So that is in reference to the quote-unquote clean sweep the Nets landed one year ago. Mm-hmm. And even, you, you would hope, right, one year after, after signing two superstar max free agents, right? Yep. That the website that exists solely to pump out positive Nets propaganda <laughs> uh-huh, would be uh-huh. able <laughs> to come up with a headline that was slightly more genuinely optimistic than it's not that bad here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and even that is like I remember reading that and William great um great to point out how not positive that is, but I remember reading that and being like, oh my God, like Nets Daily, you have okay. You're you've gone too far with how you're pitching this. Yeah, so like he it's makes too positive, he makes even, some even still. completely outrageous claims, right? And one <laughs> of them I wanted to point out, and then I want to talk about where you are at one year on from this clean sweep. But first, I want to talk about this. Yeah, as as you write, it is it is wildly optimistic because everything he puts out is. Um, But it's also highly manipulative. So he writes, compared to other teams, even their health situation is not that bad. Four Kings have tested positive, three Pelicans too. The biggest star to test positive in this round is Nikola Jokic, not a net. Okay. One, health is not who has been who has tested positive or not for coronavirus. Certainly, that is a matter of health. Right. But we have our two su- aforementioned superstars aren't playing because one is recovering from the worst injury in in, in sports, and mm-hmm. the other one has played twenty games all season because of a nagging shoulder injury, which he had to get surgery for. Yeah. 
on top of that, we already had at the when things stopped playing three tests positive for COVID and now another two. So we technically have more than all of those other teams. And the final nail in the coffin <laughs> of why that is such a manipulative and unfair thing to say that we're not that bad in terms of health is that all four Kings that tested positive, all three Pelicans and the biggest star of the round, Nikola Jokic, are all going to play in Orlando, right? right? So mm-hmm. in spite of their, quote, worse health, they are, quote, still going to Orlando to play basketball, whereas DeAndre Jordan immediate use, used it as, immediately used it as a pretext to not go to Orlando to play, which is, you know, fine if you have a very, very serious disease. You don't necessarily have to go play basketball, but he is not going. And Spencer Dinwiddie, we are, it is TBD, whether he is or is not going. So to say that to, compared to other teams were healthier is at best misleading. Yes. So, Simon, mm. one year, okay, there's the clean sweep. We get Kyrie and KD. KD, obviously the biggest free agent last year. Kyrie, a big, if uh, tainted, you know, asterisk next to his name style superstar. But still, a massive superstar, a max guy. How are you feeling one year on? Where were you at at this time one year ago? Let's, Let's dig into this issue a little bit. Well, uh... Yeah, I mean, where I was at when we first got, um, you know, when when we when we signed the thing, I was elated. I I, I I know we can we can talk about where you were. I know you were an early, an early and often skeptic, but I was pretty much totally all in. Um, I was so glad that we didn't just get Kyrie, um, and that we got Kevin Durant. Um, I. You know, I I was, you know, I, I thought the off season went as well as it could have, uh, given that we seem to be all in on like trying to win now. Like if that's what we were doing, my fear again, as I said, was that we were just going to end up with Kyrie, and it was going to be a weird situation where yeah, we were trying to win now, but we didn't have enough talent to really do much, and you know, Kyrie was going to bring all of his baggage and whatever. Um, now where I'm at is, uh, you know, basically since that point, um, as has been written about in a couple of places, um, since that point, it's basically been just an avalanche of bad news from like that point on, there was the disastrous China trip where Kyrie wouldn't take his hat off. There was the Hong Kong stuff going on. There was like militant hate of NBA players, um, in China, uh, that that's when Jackie McMullen's story came out. You know, culture was not seeping into Kyrie; rather, he <laughs> was expelling uh, anti-culture out into the team. Um, then Rhodey got uh, uh, hit with a very serious, violent domestic violence charge, which still hasn't been resolved. Apparently, is a court date in November. Um, and then there was the PED thing. There was, uh, you know, Karis LeVert got hurt. Um, 
there's just like a ton of other, you know, too many to mention, but like just at least a dozen horrible things have happened. Right. Kyrie this, got hurt three different times. Right. Kyrie said that he, uh, he didn't have good enough teammates. Um, <laughs> that was a pretty bombshell yeah. NBA news moment. Yeah. Um, our coach, Kenny Atkinson, who has been a keystone of the Nets culture and rebuild was ingloriously fired or sorry, mutually parted from the team. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. It's been a laundry list of um, things that one doesn't necessarily associate with a blossoming franchise. Yes. So where are you at today? Where are we? After um, after after weathering a year a, a rough year, yeah. Well, you know what, William, I've been down for so long. Uh, down looks like up to me. <laughs> um, honestly, I I just feel like right now I am um, the only thing I'm hoping for. I'm just trying to put you know take it one day at a time with. Uh, with this net season, my d- strongest hope is that Karis Levert does not get injured or contract the coronavirus, um, and that he plays well um, in the lead up. If if that can be accomplished, you know that'll be a small feather in the cap of of this Nets team. I, I don't think we're going anywhere this year. I'm very worried about next year. My top concerns are not even about culture, which are real, you know. That's out the window. Um, is it's health because not only, as you said, is Kevin Durant coming back from 18 months of an injury of the worst injury in sports, but also Kyrie is constantly hurt. But also, this shoulder injury appears to have been quite serious. The fact that he's still rehabbing is not a great sign to me. Maybe it will be one of the, you know, at a certain point, players like it's not just that they're hurt and miss time and then come back. It's like they hurt, they miss time, and then they come back and they're not that good, right? And it right, and it takes a happens. psychological toll as well. Like, it if you're injured, say a fluke injury, mm-hmm. and it it takes quite a lot to rebound from that, from both a physical emotion and an emotional point of view, right? You have to you have to say like, all right, this is really hard, but like if I work really, really hard, I can come back and I'll be back to normal or better than ever and I'll be able to sort of like overcome this. But if you begin to recurring like suffer these recurring injuries, you begin to adopt, I would imagine or I would understand, hey, you could begin to adopt a sort of learned helplessness where it's just like I try I can try as hard as I want. But every time I come back, I'm getting fucked. Like, I, I'm just going to get injured again. And you you could adopt very easily, see him adopting a very fatalistic idea to it. And to keep finding within yourself, like, that fire or motivation to, 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 to come back and to give put everything into a rehabilitation that you know because of your history has a very high likelihood of resulting in yet another injury. I just imagine that that could, you know, both from a physical point of view where your body is just physically breaking down to a mental one where you're like, I, what's the point of trying again? It's, it's not a good, not a good combination. 
Yeah, so those are my two biggest concerns. I, I don't know. Where, how are you feeling? Well, huh. It's it's still too soon to say. You know, you gotta you have to remain agnostic. As you said, when when the the clean sweep went down, I I think one episode I mustered up the okay, I'm coming around to it, it is exciting, <laughs> I think it's gonna be good, but by the next episode I was like, it's yeah. still just like you know, I can't genuinely say I'm excited about this. I've never been genuinely excited to have KD and Kyrie, and I don't know what that is or why that is, like what weird psychological, like not wanting to, to get hurt or something, as you've posited before. But, you know, it was I really, really liked last year's team, and it was a fun, easy team to root for, young, scrappy underdogs, overperforming, et cetera, et cetera. And now we have these two stars who are um, sort of emblems of unhappiness, in mm-hmm. prof- amongst professional athletes and in the NBA in particular, in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, uh, Kyrie Irving has left a trail of destruction in every organization he's been in um, in the past. It always ends acrimoniously and has begun with, you know, acrimony on all sides coupled with injury. Um, you know, he tells his teammates they're not good enough. He says he wants to start a new league. He says he wants to go to Orlando. Then he doesn't want to go to. He doesn't think Orlando should exist. He's just all over the fucking place. And then KD, who, as much as we, um, uh, you know, as much as as exciting as a prospect of him playing as it, you know, is, he's extremely was extremely good at basketball. Hopefully, still is. Uh, he's not really seemingly embraced Brooklyn as the team that he's playing for. <laughs> Still kind of waiting on that press conference. Uh, you know, he, he comes out with an, a needless interview last week saying he probably wouldn't go to Orlando anyway, which is just sort of like, you know, a totally unnecessary kick uh, d- uh, that you know, for the teammates who are going going down there and sacrificing and trying and wanting to represent this team that he yeah. is a part of. So it's very hard for me to get excited about him other than in the abstract, like, yes, Kevin Durant has been extremely good at basketball for other teams, and now he right. technically is on this team. So right. I guess it's going to be exciting, but we have no idea how good he is. It doesn't. He has not inspired with, like, a... Uh, irrepressible desire to get that Nets jersey on and and show off on the court with it, you know? So, yeah, I mean, again, yeah, it's too soon to tell. All of this will become completely irrelevant if, one, next season even happens, which is something that I think people need to talk more about. Like, the, the idea that, Oh yeah, you know this is going to be really tricky. The bubble in Orlando, but then next season with eighty-two games of teams right. traveling two, all over the country. Two months after it ends. Or two one months month, after, basically. right? When there's a vaccine still doesn't exist. Somehow the season is going to be really easy to pull off. That's yeah. insane. That's not going to happen. It's going to be a much bigger undertaking trying to make next season happen than it is this bubble. Um, so anyway, yeah, you know if next season happens. 
and you know they play the first five games, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are both one healthy and two just completely badass. Then yeah, all of this sort of agonizing and worrying and complaining and and skepticism will be complete bullshit. But like. I don't know. I just, uh, I, I've just never had a great feeling about this this situation. And and in the first year, nothing has happened to contradict that feeling. Which is not to say that nothing will happen. You know. Yeah. I mean, I I just it's been astounding to me how bad this year has been. No one expected a championship. I think even people like me were not like, oh, Kyrie, he's, like, fine. I think we hoped, I hoped that it would be, you know, he he picked his own team. He blah, blah, blah. He's with Kevin Durant. Maybe it'll be better. But I think most people were, like, kind of wary of that. But, like, it's just, like, it's gone so far beyond that. Just the avalanche of crap that this year has been is is really astounding to me. (laughs) It is an inauspicious start, no matter <laughs> how you dice it up. But yeah. I think that's sort of the Kyrie Irving experience. And for Brooklyn to have assumed that we were somehow going to be the exception, I think is somewhat foolish, even though he did choose it. Yeah, no, and I, I just mean, though, yes, there was tons of Kyrie stuff, but I just mean, like, the avalanche of other things that happened this year. Right. right, it's, right. it's just crazy. I don't know about you, William. I will say... One thing that I kind of like about Kyrie, as opposed to KD, is to your point about Kevin Durant not really seemingly buying into, like, being a net. Mm -hmm. Like, Kyrie, as toxic as he is, was, like, being a part of the team way more. I mean, he was playing, but even, you know, even when he was, like, hurt, he said in a meaningless season where he knew he was not going to win a championship, was like, yes, pump me full of pain numbs so I can get out there and play a few games. Right. Um, that's fine. Happy to do that. Um, and, like, does seem to genuinely like to play basketball despite his body being, um, you know, ravaged <laughs> by injury. But, <laughs> But, like, he does, to me, like, that's a pretty, like, that's the epitome to me of, like, don't worry, coach. Like, I'll, I'll rub some, like, ice on it or whatever and get out there. Yeah. Kind of mentality. Which I know we're not supposed to like um, uh, in today's uh, world of, you know, putting your, your body first. But um, I think is somewhat, um, I don't know, I, I still like it, so. Yeah, I mean it's not all it's not all doom and gloom, or as the headline says, it's not that bad here. Um, I mean it's been a it's been as bad a year as you could have possibly guessed. Where where we have a worse, we were on pace to have a, a worse record than we did last mm-hmm. year, um, which is not a great sign when you sign two max players ever. Uh, we had a coach fired. You know, it's just it's just not a, a, a super spot to be in. But it, we have Kevin Durant, who could theoretically be the best player in the NBA next year. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll see. Uh, but, Simon, let's turn our focus to today. Okay. Or maybe a few weeks from now in Orlando. Mm-hmm. 
We've got a couple Nets who have, as we've mentioned, tested positive. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan will not be going to Orlando. Spencer Dinwiddie is uncertain. Sounds like he might. Yeah, it sounds like he wants to, but he's battling a very serious illness right now. Right. So, first day, <laughs> 16 people tested positive when people first started getting tested. I believe that number is up to 25. That's the last I saw, too, yeah. NBA players. Um, of those 25, 23 of them, there has been no mention that any of them will not go to Orlando. The only two of those who potentially will not be going to Orlando are Nets. Ah. And so, so every other one has said, I'm going to go. I, I have it, but I'm going to go. Uh, no, th- none of them have said that. None of them have come out and said, as a result of the test, I'm not going. Got it. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering, Simon, obviously, again, very serious thing if you test positive for this disease. Um, luckily, no player has gotten sick to the extent that, you know, they have died <laughs> or yeah. something truly awful. But it sounds like most of them have had fairly minimal symptoms of the thing. But it just strikes me as somewhat odd that the only team with players who did test positive who aren't going are the Nets. And I'm wondering if that's potentially because there is sort of this leadership vacuum uh, with the Nets. And there's just sort of this idea that there isn't someone on this team who is making it seem as if this season or what the players on the Nets are doing matters at all. Yeah. And I don't know if that's how you feel or if you think that could be what's going on here, but it just seems to me like a somewhat ominous sign that there are all of these people testing positive, but that is not resulting in them immediately dropping out. Like, say, the guy we're paying $10 million a year for the next four years, DeAndre Jordan, who immediately (laughs) says, okay, I'm not going. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you know the Nets, the 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 mantra that you see on the um, hyper, still like totally bought in bandwagon Nets world, not bandwagon, but but like hyper positive Nets world is it was never about this year, right? That's mm-hmm. what we. That's the like just block everything, all of the horrible things we've, we've spent the last 15, 20 minutes talking about. It was never about this year. Um, so I think that that bleeds into the, the players. Um, right. and, and I think DeAndre, you know, has no, you know, like he's good. He's going to be with the Nets. But sure. it would be shocking to see him not be there. He's going to start uh, with the Nets. They're going to make sure that they hire a coach who starts it. Right. But for the other for the other players, like, yeah, I think it does have to kind of like, and I do, I genuinely think Spencer wants to play. I think that just the fact that he's like been sick and he's tweeting like, oh my God, I've never spent so much time in bed since I was like in surgery or something. And, you know, like he seems to be battling it. 
And so just not sure. So I, I don't really take his, like, yeah, maybe we'll see about the bubble as, like, a sign that he doesn't want to play. Yeah. I, I take that as, like, a my body right now. I can't, like, get out of bed right now. Um, so we'll see where I'm at. But um, but for DeAndre, yeah, I mean, you know, and I also just feel like he – I this is just pure conjecture, but I suspect that he is somewhat resentful of the fact that, like, he um, – he has to have seen all the headlines about, oh, he got this contract because he's friends with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Oh, he's starting because he's friends with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Oh, he's not like a star. He's worse than Jared Allen. He's, you know, all those things. And just feeling like, you know what, I'm going to I'm I'm going to do what the stars are doing here and sit out. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, just another sort of not great sign about where Nets, quote unquote, culture, I guess, is at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if we're going to talk about this later. But I'll just I'll just mention as a sentence here, and we can we can put a cork in it. But I don't know. I'm kind of excited about um, DeAndre not not playing. Me too. I think that. I mean, other than we only have one center, and we will talk about this more. Actually, why don't we just talk about it right now? Uh, okay. Simon, who who do you think is going to start for the Nets? Who is the starting <laughs> five going to be with the guys we know are going right now? Um, and yeah, are you excited? I am. I, I gotta say, I'm. I am excited about the team that they're bringing down there and the guys that are going down there. And they are sort of my favorite aspects of the, of the team. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I am. It sucks if Spencer can't play. Honestly, I know we talk a lot of shit about him and can't wait to trade him, but he is our best player, probably our second best player. Um. And I think we need him to be able to do anything that isn't just, like, lose ignominiously. Yeah. Um, so that, to me, is a bummer. But the, the, the thing that I like about DeAndre not being out there is, one, it makes um, Jared Allen... Jared Allen's going to get a lot of minutes, I think. Oh, yeah. And if he doesn't time. get a lot of minutes, one of two things will... I mean, I think he is going to, but but... And I think our, our honestly, regardless of who we sign, it sounds like we are going to get another big. Um, but whoever we get from the G League or whatever, whatever scraps are still left, um, I honestly think our backup is going to be um, Brody, which I think is going to be potentially good just to get him some playing time, which I think he really needs to hopefully build up his confidence. And um, I don't know if you saw that Matt Brooks um thing on Nets Daily about him? No. Well, it's basically the gist is like, it shows all of his cuts, it shows that he's a good on-ball defender, and then it's just like he just needs, I think, some time to understand NBA offenses because he's a terrible off-ball defender. Mm. It seems like, like he just doesn't get what he's supposed to be doing out there in terms of like if somebody screens him, what do you do? You know what I mean? And if your player goes over, if you're playing zone, like where, what are you doing? Like he doesn't have any instincts or understanding of that naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, he, I just think he needs some time to do that. And even some like playoff time to do that would be great for him. Um, so I'm hopeful for that. Sorry to end then to answer your question about the starting five, assuming Spencer does not play, First of all, yikes. We don't really have a proven point guard um, at all. I think Levert uh, would probably start at point. Levert would be the point guard, yes, for sure. Um, I think you would then have um, Garrett Temple at the two, Joe Harris at the three, um, 
uh, Torian Prince at the four and Jared at the five. Yep, I think that would likely be the the starting lineup. That is an okay starting lineup. It's, yeah, it's not it's not terrible. Uh, I'm I'm, you know, Joe Harris, Levert, Temple, Jared Allen, all good. Torian Prince, we obviously have issues with, and is not good at four, and has not played well at four uh, at any point during this season. It's been a horrible year for him. <laughs> But still, that's not a, a, a reprehensible starting lineup, uh, and it would be obviously strengthened by the presence of Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. Um, the bench is really where things get scary. Yes. So the depth chart is <laughs> sketchy here. At point guard, theoretically, we could have Tyler Johnson or Jean and Musa. Or, or Chioza. Or Chioza. Yes, or Chioza. At shooting guard, again, Johnson or Musa? Mm-hmm. Small forward, maybe TLC? I think TLC is a lock at the three, William. Right, and then Kurutz at the four, and literally no one at the five. At the five, yep, that's right. So I, I, that's, I know. that's a depthless team. Oh, yeah, and like... I'm trying to – you would definitely want to keep somebody – like, I, I don't know who creates shots. Like, maybe Chioza? Well, I'll tell you, Musa takes shots. <laughs> you might – you know, I, I'm sure he'll get some a little bit of run at least because on that backup, even if you leave a player out – like, I'm thinking, like, you know, Levert will get some time, I think, with that bench unit mm-hmm. to get some create create ball creation there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't play 48 minutes, and I don't know who else we have who can create their own shot. Besides, as you said, Musa will create and take as many shots as he can possibly get. But yeah, I guess I I don't know either. I chose a. Uh... Chosa might be the best play creator we've got, but and it, or it might be Tyler Johnson. I mean, you and I have not seen Tyler Johnson. His, his shooting percentages would indicate that he might be a kind of a Musa, <laughs> but um, he probably thinks he can create his own shot. I think he's got to be better than Musa. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Yeah, so you know, we'll see. I hope you know. One, I hope, I hope, I hope it doesn't become untenable the entire situation and it did feel like that when when both DeAndre and and Dinwiddie tested positive that night it, it did begin to feel like this was just a completely insane idea even sending people down there to play yeah um and so you know there's a million scenarios you could see how the whole thing could get derailed but i am excited to see um, some of these guys who, you know, Jared Allen, who's lost some of his shine to DeAndre Jordan at the end of the season, and who's just been playing, a, you know, there's been a cloud hanging over that situation the whole time. Yeah. Uh, he has been painfully aware of the fact that, you know, the stars want DeAndre over him. Probably DeAndre has made it clear that he thinks he's better than him. Um, and then, yeah, to get guys like Levert, who are fully healthy back. It'll be fun to see them 
whatever they whatever they can do. They're going to have a lot of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. They are going to get I, big minutes. Yeah, and right, and Jarrett, yes, will have nobody. He will not be looking over his shoulder at all. Right. Like there's if he if he can play 48 minutes, like I'm sure Jacques Vaughn would love that compared to what the other options. Right. TLC at 5. <laughs> Which I don't think that ends well. No, I mean honestly, I think you could play spurts with, with uh, with Kuruts at the five. Like that's kind of a fun five out um, lineup. But he is two hundred and maybe thirty pounds. Oh yeah, I think that's way heavier than he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Simon, do you mind if we do a new segment? No. It's called "Oh God, is Jock Vaughn the coach?" <laughs> Sure. So Woj thinks so. Uh, and this really? is the quote. What? This is okay. the quote. Uh, quote. This is Woj again. He's the head coach, said Woj on his podcast Thursday. They didn't make him interim coach. While I know the Nets are considering the possibility of a search, I would still give Jock Vaughn. I would take Jock Vaughn against the field right now. Wow. I didn't know that. that. That's as news I can use. Like, so that is Woj, the insider's insider, <laughs> saying he thinks very likely Jock Vaughn is going to be the next coach next season. How are you feeling about that? I don't know. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, that is just genuinely surprising to me because, again, as we've talked about, he has no proven track record of success. I think, again, maybe this is Nets bubble thinking, but, like, I think the Nets could get a coach with a proven track record of some kind, given that there are coaches like your Ty Lue's, your Mike D'Antoni's, who will be out of a job and would like to move to a situation where you're not just like, you know, like a Bulls coach that we're just like, wow, that, you know, we're a disaster. We fired a coach. Um, would you like to be our coach? <laughs> uh, which is, you know, again, 90% of the time when there is a coach opening, that's the situation. So I don't know. I guess I would think that we could do better. Um, but you know, again, this may just come down to like maybe Kyrie really like Jacques Vaughn or something. Right, so Sean Marks is quoted as saying, Kevin, Kyrie, we're going to pick their brains on what they're looking for in a leader, what they need. They've been brutally honest so far. (laughs) So they're very much involved in this coaching search process, as they rightly should be. I mean, it is pointless to try to hire someone who those guys are are not going to get along with. Yeah. Like, I think that's probably the number one criteria criterion for what this coaching search um, should be about. Who do Kyrie and KD want to be their coach? Yeah. Um, And maybe that is Jock Vaughn. Yeah, maybe. Be somewhat surprising to me. I don't know, like, because we've also heard, like, people say, like, oh, they want, like, a pettit, I don't know, something like a proven track record or something like that, right? Isn't there... Some Shams type person or right. somebody saying that 
that they want, a, yeah, like a high pedigree coach. Right. But, but I, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're just so absent from the Nets organization <laughs> that... <laughs> That, that, you know, Sean Marks will be like, hey, so what do you guys think of Jock Vaughn? And they're like, I'm sorry, who? <laughs> we He's didn't like, like Kenny. But All right, that's good, that's good enough guy. for us. Let's hire him. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, the coaching thing, of course, is intriguing. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I don't think for the... I think it is important on a team like the Nets who have two stars who, again, are sort of emblematic of uh, superstar, superstar angst in the league, that it would be important to get a person in there who could motivate those guys to be the best teammates and players that they could possibly be. Yeah. Um, and... I know you and I are both scholars of NBA coaches and how they function and act in a team setting. Um, but even even with that background of, of ours, um, I don't know that we know who that 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 person would be. No, I just you know, yes, I so. My issue, not only with Jacques Vaughn's lack of success as a head coach, mm-hmm. but also just generally when we're talking about a third star, we're talking about various moves, I would like, my hope is that that if this thing is a total failure with, with Kyrie and KD, that there will still be pieces that we can pick up and be like, oh, well, we got like a good head coach. Like the third star we got is still a good guy that we can build off of or, or trade for um, like significant draft assets or something. Like there will be some ways in which this whole experiment will have left a few crumbs that we can pick up. And so a Jacques Vaughn hire is like, well, we got him because Kyrie and Katie liked him. He stinks. Like, you know, <laughs> we need a new one now and, you know, we're, we're what we may be fast on the, the carousel, you know, the teams that are constantly, you know, every three years or every two years, just firing a coach, getting a new one, firing a coach, um, you know, so that's my fear. Right. Which I mean, the Nets are in the middle of right now. <laughs> Kenny lasted two and a half years, but that's not a terribly long time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, no, he, no, he was three years, three and a half years. Was he? Right, it was the twenty year, the twenty one year, the twenty eight win week year, and then the forty the 30, two, two, yeah, forty two win season, right? Yeah, so three and a half, but right. yes. Um. Okay, Simon. Last week we did something called the "I Can't Quit You." All stars. Mm-hmm. I thought of one that we totally forgot. Hit, hit me with it. Markel Fultz. <laughs> oh yeah. Great call, <laughs> William. Great call. How badly did you want Markel Fultz there for a minute? I thought that was the most netsy, like gutsy thing that we could just completely cure him. Get his already awesome D 
Um, and like, you know, he's a decent scorer even without his shot. Um, you know, yes. And just turn him into a superstar. That, that was really, that was when might've been even lower than I am now on the nets. Like where it was just like, who can we, what sort of damaged goods players can we get from other teams for our crap? Right. Like, can we get like Frank Nilakina or whatever? Ooh, like, how that's another that's another him? hot name. Yes, that we definitely bandied around. Yeah, I was trying but, to think of others, but that's a yeah, great one. Nilakina is definitely someone we've both been interested in. Yeah, I think he could be available. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, would you still be interested in Markel? Uh, not in our current, with our current lineup, but if we traded a Spencer or, or a Karras, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's good at D, right? Yeah, I think so. That's really all I, like, if you tell me a player is good at defense, I'd take a look at him. (laughs) We are going to be so bad at defense next season. (laughs) Oh, we didn't even mention that Wilson Chandler is not coming. Right. The most interesting man in the NBA. Yes, yes, he's out. He's out. Didn't play a lot as a net in his one and only season. And didn't, uh, honestly, his full, he was really coming around out there, I thought, Uh towards the end of the, before the season stopped. But his overall season stats are not great. Do you think we ever see him in a Nets jersey again? Uh, I don't know. I kind of doubt it. I mean, I think the Nets think that they could probably do better, but I I don't know. I'd be fine having him. Do you think we'll ever see him in an NBA jersey again? Yes, I I do. I I think that he, I mean, if, if, uh, if our guy, uh, cut, I've already forgotten his name. (laughs) Theo Pinson? Theo Pinson can find a, uh. Can find an NBA gig, I think Wilson. Can. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, Simon, All right. we've got a mailbag this week. Yes, from IRL Jay Z, friend of the show. He has sent in a menu suggestion for us this week. Yeah. So he says Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse in Orlando, Florida, and we're going to be taking someone from the extended Nets family. He's talking Ian Eagle, Sarah Kustak, Richard Jefferson, Kenny Atkinson, Live a Little Boys. It's on the house. <laughs> so we have a meal fully paid for by, let's say, Yes Network. Yeah, it's sure. you, me, and a couple of the peripheral Nets figures who are not actual basketball players, but you know, related to the Nets. Right. Who, who are you taking? I'm gonna take Kenny. I've got I've got to pick his brain on what went wrong, what what is truly insane things Kyrie has said to him. What you know? Just, just give me the give me the real dirt. What's Sean Marks really like outside of a press conference, or in a great uh, photo? I'll I'll never forget. What about yeah. what he thinks about say Kyrie Irving? 
Right. No, I said, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the crazy things Kyrie's done, yes. What he thinks about him, yeah, totally. Uh, all right, I'm going to take Ian Eagle. Oh, Because great. he okay. does, as you've said, he does seem to be the guy who has <laughs> been verbalizing perhaps sort of b- through the a back channel from the, the Nets front office things that uh, he might not, you know, that they've sort of asked him to say. Yeah, yeah. So he was reporting that Kevin Durant was fully healthy and he thought maybe he would be playing and things like that. Now, it didn't come to pass. Right. But uh, as you suggested, he probably wouldn't be saying that um, if he knew that would piss off someone high up in the Nets organization. So yeah, that he totally. did say it probably meant that it had the at least tacit consent of someone in the front office. Someone totally. high up in the front office. Totally. So I'd like to know who his source is in the front office um, and get his, you know, candid opinions about, um, you know, these superstars of ours. Yeah. Um, and what better place to do that, Simon, than Del Frisco's <laughs> Double Eagle Steakhouse. Now, I'm not sure if this steakhouse is on site in in the Disney bubble, or if we'll have to... Maybe we can get a, a hall pass for the night or something. Exactly. I think I think we're going to have to. We're going to have to. I noticed in, in desperately looking up Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse uh, that it has locations all over the country, including one in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's possible, Simon, that we could take Ian Eagle and Kenny Atkinson to the to the New York one. It looks like it is on Forty Eighth Street between Sixth and Seventh Avenue in Manhattan. Oh, okay. Midtown, where the players play. The uh, Google Maps, like. Description of Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse is high-end beef and seafood in posh environs. Ooh. I feel like it's not okay to say the word posh if you're American. Uh, yeah, well, maybe it, maybe it wasn't an American. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. Mind blown. <laughs> um, all right, let's head to the steakhouse. Thank you for the suggestion, IRL Jay-Z. This is a good one. I mean, this menu is fantastic. Have you had a chance to uh, go through it at all, Simon? Yes, definitely. And if any listeners out there are interested in submitting menu requests, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, email. You could figure out how to get in touch with us. Uh, The maybe next time guarantee, and I don't think we mentioned this enough, Simon, is that if you submit a question or menu, we promise we will mention it. I mean, unless it's really, unless it's filthy. Yes. If it's a filthy question or a filthy menu, I don't think Simon and I are going to talk about it. This is a family podcast. Yes, that's correct. But you give us a clean question a clean a, a sincere question we we also demand sincerity on this podcast yeah uh, that's right but you send it in we'll definitely get back to you so maybe next time on twitter probably the best way to do it just dm us 
Yeah, and do it today. <laughs> All right, Simon, have you checked out the wine menu? I am checking it out right now. I'm 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 ready for you. All right. Why don't you order a bottle for your side of the table, and then I'll go for mine. Even though I know there's an explicit by the glass thing um, under it, we'll just say we're gonna get it. We're gonna get a whole bottle for, for our our you and your guest. That sounds that sounds perfect. I, William, is go- am going to get the um, Jo by Bisol um, Prosecco <laughs> Brut from Brut Italy. Nice. You do like a sparkling wine, don't you? I love, and it, the sweeter the better, William. You know that's right. I think, I think. Now, I could be wrong about this, but I feel like in one of those horrible wine tasting things I used to have to do, mm-hmm. that you're not supposed to say a wine is sweet. Oh. If a wine is is what what um, the Philistines such as yourself would describe <laughs> okay. as sweet, uh-huh. I think you are counterintuitively supposed to describe that as being dry. No, I yes. thought dry was the opposite. No, I believe dry is a, is a, is the sweet flavor in wine. Okay, I mean I could be uh, completely wrong about that. But I, I think I, I remember, I just remember, you know how you remember like humiliating moments much more vividly than say triumphant moments. If you've ever experienced a triumphant moment, I have a, sure. not I a hope huge one number. Day. Right. Yeah. Um, but I remember saying I thought something was sweet and being reprimanded for having said it was sweet because wines aren't sweet. They are just more or less dry. Uh. But I'm looking that up, and that doesn't appear to be the case at all. Yeah, well, maybe there's some term beside, like, you know, not dry. Dry is dry. Because... Dry like again. wet. Oh, that wine is wet. No, like you would say, not. <laughs> That's dry. a damp ass wine. It's the least dry. Right, right, right. So a it's all a spectrum of, of dryness, but it's Correct. not. Uh, you don't you don't use the term sweet because I'm looking at something on Wine Folly right now. Wines listed from dry to sweet. So dry is the least sweet, and what sweet is sweet. So maybe it was just an asshole thing that someone said to me that was inaccurate. Yeah, that could definitely be. Anyway, point is, you like a sweet wine. Love a sweet wine. And you're wine. thinking Jao by Bissol is going to be the one for you. I'm going to get Simon a red wine. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to get the Bordeaux. Oh, my. The Bordeaux. Yeah, I love a Bordeaux. I think they're smoky. William, that sounds like something a vampire would order. (laughs) Uh, I just feel like Ian Eagle is going to appreciate a nice Bordeaux, you know? He seems like the type. Yeah, definitely. Uh, He likes a meaty red. (laughs) He he just thinks it's really drinkable. Yeah, I agree, and I I, I think uh, Kenny's going to be mainlining whiskey out of his I flask. I do too. I so think I he's going to bring a Percy flask for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, that guy. I mean, I have not heard a peep about Kenny Atkinson in a while. I'm worried about him. Yeah, I know. I think his wife and children are as well. Oh yeah, 
Uh, all right, let's get some starters. And we've got, I mean, we've had some brutal Disney menus of late, so this place <laughs> genuinely looks pretty good. Oh, yeah. And there are more than three options, which is a breath <laughs> of fresh air. <laughs> so what do you get for your starter? I'm going to get the thick-cut Newski's bacon au poivre. Nice. What does that come with? By any, is there a glaze of any kind? Yeah, thank you for asking. It comes with bourbon um, molasses glaze and mm. is $16, which is quite a lot for what I imagine is not a very a lot of bacon. But maybe it is. Uh, it's the cheapest one, cheapest starter. Yeah, that's true. I would say we should try this place at some point, but it's... A little bit too expensive <laughs> uh, for an IRL visit. Now, <clears throat> there is a shrimp cocktail on this menu, which um, is also uh, gluten sensitive. Not gluten free, Simon. It's gluten sensitive yeah. on this menu. A GS. I've never seen the euphemism sensitive before. Me either. I mean, it must just mean there isn't gluten, right? I guess so. Or There's just no such scant amounts of, of gluten mm. that even for the most sensitive <laughs> glutener, uh, they, they could get, get through it. So I like a shrimp cocktail in general. Just I think it's like a classic sort of trashy appetizer. Yeah, definitely. I love a shrimp cocktail. Me too. I could I could go I could go pretty deep. Uh, like, you know, 12, 15 shrimp deep if I have enough yeah. of that red sauce. Yes, indeedy. Uh, but I'm not doing that. I'm getting the veal and wagyu meatball, <laughs> Simon. It, oh, just well because done. of all that it comes with. It's got your tomato fondue, shaved manchego cheese, red Fresno chili, and mm. fresh basil. Yes. Yes, indeedy. It doesn't, uh, doesn't get a lot more tantalizing than that. A tomato fondue. <laughs> Remember when fondues became a thing? I was never, I don't think I've ever had a fondue. I honestly. haven't either. That's sort of why I'm so excited <laughs> about my veal and wagyu meatball. Yeah. It's a cheese gotta, usually, right? Yes. William, I have a feeling, this is just a hunch, I could be wrong, that the term fondue in this is a gross misappropriation. <laughs> that is just sort of trying to use a fancy word to describe, like a sauce. Like a, a tomato sauce. Maybe like a ketchup. <laughs> yeah. But not as sweet as right. your shrimp cocktail. It's a it's a gluten sensitive ketchup. Exactly. Well, no, the veal. No, 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 my friend. What in that is gluten? Glutinous. Um, I don't know. Maybe the 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 stuff that holds the meatball together. Mm, like breadcrumb or something. Yeah. Exactly. All right. What kind of salad are you getting? Thank you for asking. I am going to skip over my one and only love, Classic Caesar, um, just for the sake of um, great broadcasting here, and say <laughs> I'm going to get the blue cheese lettuce wedge. Mm, that iceberg, which I'm sure is in a completely annoyingly cut thing where it's like, here, you do the salad making um, way that, like, you know, they're just like a massive thing of 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 uh, iceberg lettuce that you then have to like cut or otherwise figure out how to eat. Right. Um, with cherry tomatoes. <laughs> how mm. offensive that someone would make you cut your own food at a restaurant. Well, it's like the, if you go to a restaurant, if you went to a restaurant, William, and they were like, here you go. Here is, um, 
seven apples, four oranges, <laughs> and a, a big bushel of grapes. Make right, a fruit and go salad. fuck yourself. Make a fruit salad. Right. Here's your fruit salad, okay? All right, deconstructed fruit salad is for the gluten sensitive. Right, exactly. Um, we'll give you we'll give you a ni- a butter knife to complete that <laughs> task. Sure, sure, sure. But you're still uh, going for it. You're going for it anyway. Yeah, because I love the ingredients, and I I honestly, I'll sack it up and really enjoy a, a blue cheese lettuce wedge, even though the way it's presented is gonna is inevitably gonna provoke. Yeah, it's yeah, a trigger I, for you. Exactly, and I'm very excited about the Danish blue cheese, which I've never heard of, but must be a good blue cheese. Oh, that sounds spectacular, yeah. Um, I'm going to have the heirloom tomatoes and burrata, Simon. Mm. It comes with aged balsamic reduction and pesto, and you know I'm a burrata fiend. I know. I feel like I'm at uh, I'm at the Bluer's house for dinner. <laughs> um, okay. Now we're going to go on to the handhelds. Oh, sure. I feel like we should get a handheld and an entree just because, as IRL Jay-Z mentioned, it is on the house. That's true. And these, I, I love a sandwich, you know, of any of any kind. So Yeah, me too. What kind of handheld are you getting? Also, handheld, what a fucking obnoxious way to say sandwiches. <laughs> I'm going to get the lobster roll, butter... Buttered New England roll. You pretty much don't miss an opportunity to to lobster roll it up, do you? No, I love lobster rolls. I love lobster rolls. Where's, I like crab rolls, What's too. the best L roll you've had in the city? Um, Luke's lobster. Ah, okay. Probably. But honestly, here's here's the truth. Here's my feeling on those things. Crab is always cheaper, and I feel like I couldn't, you know, like crab is just as good to me. I hear you. Lobster. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm going to get the, uh, this is my second Wagyu item of the day, of the <laughs> of the meal, Simon, a Wagyu beef French dip. It comes mm. with au jus and horseradish cream. French dip. Jury for me is not out on the French dip. I don't like a French dip. I've, I thought you did. No, I've wanted to like a French dip. The idea that you could dip it into a delicious gravy-like sauce, tantalizing. But I think in general, I'm just not that into roast beef, which I think is the, huh. the like constituent part of uh, a French dip in general. Didn't you used to always get the 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 like green chili French dip at uh, Cheese and Coffee in Albuquerque? No, that might have been Alex Williams. I, okay, I got the wow. I got the turkey thing, the the turkey with cheese and green chili, or the um, maybe the Reuben or something like that, the corned okay. beef one. I don't think I got the French dip. No, I I believe you. I I just have a have a, a a memory that I thought you loved those French dips. Um, I'm sorry. I, I hope I'm not disappointing you. You know, I hate to <laughs> okay. to not live up to people's expectations <laughs> of me. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Uh, nope. Well, can we, before this gets any more uncomfortable, could we move on to the entrees? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> what are you getting? <laughs> I want to just point out that at the top of this thing is a seared Chilean sea bass. <laughs> yeah, our old friend. Our old friend, the Chilean sea bass, which might not actually be a Chilean sea bass, scandalous in the mid-1990s. 
Um, <laughs> also a staple of every um, sort of like middle brow but expensive pr- uh, restaurant. Yeah, definitely. For me, William, I got to tell you, this is an easy choice. I get the filet medallions, chateau mashed potatoes, thin green beans, which I'm not wild about, but I'll certainly eat, and red wine, demi glace. Do you think a human being alive has ever claimed to be wild about a thin green bean? <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I mean, I grew up eating green beans, but I've never, like, been wild about them. Hillary makes them the best I've ever had them. Which is like in like a spicy like she she um, sautés them and they're in like puts like red pepper flakes on and that's like good but it's like you're dressing up a a um, a not great food item right yeah no I mean a green bean it's it's hard it's hard to get too worked up about a green bean I think that's yeah. that much is is fair to say I actually am gonna end up getting a seared Chilean sea bass of course of course but not really for the sea bass itself. Uh, which is just fish, I'm sure. It tastes much like other fish, which is fine. Mm. I don't mind a fish. Pretty good yeah. sometimes. Uh, I even crave it occasionally. But I'm getting it because it <laughs> comes with crab fried rice. Yes, that is exciting. And basically fried rice is one of my favorite foods uh, oh. in the world. Okay. Very hard to screw up a fried rice. Mm. Do you not? Do you find that's not the case? I well, I have had cheap Chinese food fried rice that I've honestly found not very good. Yeah, but. I mean, but the thing with fried rice is you don't feel guilt. You're not like, okay, the chef had a vision here. I need to just go with it. You you can load it up with enough hot sauce and, yeah, and yeah. soy sauce that it's a pretty good meal. No, that is true. No, I like fried rice a lot. All right. We eat fried rice probably like once a week or so. All right, so. Let's hit a steak and then the sides here. Okay. So which of the cuts of beef are you going to get? Well, William, as you know, I am a uh I am the Cadillac of people. Uh <laughs> I enjoy <laughs> Do they still class- make Cadillacs? Yeah, oh, I'm sure they do. They sure make me. Um <laughs> I, 35 I years ago, they made me anyway. <laughs> Just like a caddy, baby. I rolled off the lot 35 years ago. <laughs> the I'm blue book running. price has been plummeting ever since. <laughs> that's right. As soon as I'm off the lot, that's a, that's a clunker. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to get the 12-ounce filet mignon, William, a classic classy um, steak. That's a big cut of beef. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. I'm going to get the bone-in prime strip. Mm-mm. And I have no reason for choosing that. I don't know what any of these things... I like. Well, I couldn't tell you the difference between a porterhouse and a prime strip or a, or a ribeye, for that matter. Okay. I know okay. the T-bone because it was like the thing that... It's like the, the cartoon steak. Right. Like when a, a steak is... yeah. It appears in a cartoon. It's a T-bone, I think. Right, but they don't seem to have a T-bone. No, they don't, which is honestly uh, shocking to me. Hmm. Yeah. What's going on there? Uh, what are you going to have on the side of your steak? The sides? Can I tell you something? Maybe we talked about this when we've gone to previous steakhouses here in the uh, world The most of... exciting part? 
Yeah, I love steakhouse oh, sides. Absolutely. I really do. I could, I mean, they're really expensive here, but if you could <laughs> make a meal, like three or four of these things, I yeah. wouldn't mind having as my, my entire course. So feel free, if you can't choose just one, feel free to, to do it double here. Okay, I will. Thank you. I'm going to get the Chateau mashed potatoes. It's a, it's a classic, just like a Cadillac, just like a filet mignon, <laughs> just like me. Uh, and then I'm going to get creamed spinach, which is another steakhouse uh, classic, but they do in a pretty wild and exciting way with smoked bacon, egg, mushroom. An aged shark cheddar. That sounds <laughs> spectacular. It does, but I'll tell you, we uh, we went to Mayfield a few months ago when you could still go to restaurants, mm-hmm. and it, they were doing a special where it was like happy hour all night, and for twelve bucks you could get their burger and you could put any toppings you wanted. Okay. And so I put, like, an egg, avocado, bacon, and, like, caramelized onions or something on it. Just, like, a ludicrous amount of toppings. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was too much. Yeah. You know, like, you, you, I went overboard. I overdid it. Uh, I thought, you know, all of these things on their own are delicious. Combined, they're going to be amazing. For yeah. me, creamed spinach is pretty fucking good. Like, the cream and the spinach. Yeah, yeah. But this adds okay. the bacon. Like, where? What the hell is an egg doing in it? And a, so, and mushrooms. So the egg. Okay, well, the mushrooms is no. There's no doubt in my mind. I would love the mushrooms, honestly. But the egg is where I agree with you. There is some trepidation on my part. I <laughs> I will say I've never enjoyed an egg on a burger. Yeah. That's okay. like kind of like the, the there's like the Australian burger. Yeah. That comes with an egg. I've never liked an egg. I, so I, I hear you on that. Okay. Yeah. At Tin Kettle, they made a burger with an egg on it, which I liked. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, kind of egg you do like. you think it's going to be? Like a hard-boiled egg, or they fried an egg on there? I bet it's going to be runny. Yeah, runny egg on top? Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and get the creamed corn, a dish <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> adore, but it also comes with blistered shishito peppers. Yeah, even better. Yeah. Uh, sounds like honestly, and that's a simple. You you see the logic behind that. That's just adding a spice to a delicious, creamy dish. Sure. Are you gonna get a second or? I I sure am, and it's the lobster mac and cheese. Oh, thank you're not God. gonna be the only sucker here that gets a gets a lobster for. You're not the only Cadillac on this lot, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that hits all four of the ones that I really wanted. Yeah, I mean French fries and seasonal asparagus. It's hard to hard to get two worked. I mean, good. I love asparagus. Um, yeah, and yeah, French too. fries are always delicious, but yeah, those other ones are just coming at. I wish the Chateau mashed potatoes. Honestly, I wish they could tell you a bit about what makes them Chateau. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like what? What is distinct about that? Are they doing maybe some sort of like Dijon in them, or what makes them a Chateau mashed potato? Yeah, I yes, yeah. so maybe the wine something. I Unless don't know. that's just something that people know, like if that's a thing that we're just not aware of. Right. Like, if if you have to ask at the double eagle. Right. It would be humiliating. Yeah. Um. Okay. I guess it's time for dessert then, isn't it? That's right, William. Uh, I know I've got room for dessert at this point. <laughs> uh, what are you getting? 
Well, what I'm first doing is I'm looking up these Chateau mashed potatoes at uh, Del Frisco's. Oh, okay. Wow, they are enormous. (laughs) Holy shit. That is crazy how big that is. It comes in this bowl. Can you see that? Kinda. It's a bowl that is bigger than, like, the entree plate. And it's covered in cheese. Mm-hmm. Wow, that looks good. Yeah, we might need to get there. Maybe they have outdoor dining. Yeah, let's hope. Uh, no place I'd rather be right now than just off of Times Square. <laughs> Times Square apparently is, like, totally dead right now. Yeah, uh, with great reason. Oh, I'm looking. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this Del Frisco's looks really good. That bacon looks incredible. Yeah, yeah. Really thick cut bacon. A steakhouse is made for red-blooded Americans like you and I. <laughs> All right, Simon, there's two desserts. Which one do you get? I'm I'm definitely I I would sooner shoot Kenny Atkinson in the head than not get <laughs> the cheesecake, which First of all, I love cheesecake, but this is a pecan crust, which sounds spectacular, and strawberry sauce. That is everything you want in a cheesecake. I would say I agree with you up and until the point when we run into that hard pecan crust. Oh, my God. Not a pecan fan. Not a pecan fan. You're not a pecan fan? No, I'm not. I think it's probably my least favorite. I think it's my... Uh, I, 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 I can't stand them. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's my least favorite nut, honestly. Oh, my God. There are so many worse nuts. Name like, a worse nut. What are those nuts that come in the pack, like a mixed nuts pack that are kind of like they look oh, like, like macadamia um, nut? Oh, macadamia nut. Brazil nut? Brazil nut? Yeah, Brazil nuts I don't like. There's also the ones that kind of look like little bushels of wood. Oh, I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't like those. I don't know what those are called. A walnut? No, not a walnut. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not crazy about walnuts either, but I'm not talking about. To me, a a pecan and a walnut are virtually indistinguishable from one another. Oh Lord, William, buy a clue. (laughs) Take the money you save from not going here and. Right. Uh, well, I will hit up the other dessert. I I do wish. I bet you they have like a, a dessert du jour, which we're mm-hmm. not getting on this menu. I would just I would have faith in Del Frisco's and, and them having that. Um, but I'll get the other dessert that's on the menu. It's a chocolate mousse with salted caramel chocolate fudge. Chocolate is mm, maybe my least favorite sweet thing, uh, and. <laughs> Fudge, as a result, is something I generally abhor. But salted caramel is kind of exciting. Okay. Would you, truth be told, gun to your head, which one would you get if you you weren't worried about repeating? Right. If I had to choose one of these, honestly, I'm not a big cheesecake fan, and I know that is is scandalous. Claire's favorite dessert, I think, is cheesecake. Yeah. Um, But I would get the cheesecake. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Strawberry sauce. I mean, that's going to redeem almost any dessert in my eyes. Okay, interesting. But you you, you turn your nose up at strawberry milk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I turn my nose up at all forms of milk. Right, okay. Yeah. Sugar, strawberry, uh, chocolate. Across the board. Do you think we could, you know, like, we get to the end of this, honestly, uh, marathon of a meal, 
and we're like we'd like a drink but we've we've finished our bordeaux and our uh, prosecco uh-huh. and we'd like a real drink do you think that they they'd have an actual drink uh, a spirit uh, you know like a, a scotch or a, a a brandy or something so i'm worried that this place is only beer and wine um just based on the menu here but Hopefully they yes I'd love a, a whiskey coke William I, again we are true men <laughs> of the American variety right and we like we like to finish a meal as men do with a whiskey yes. coke yeah I might make my a diet coke which is somewhat <laughs> of a but I'd punch the guy who served me yeah that's right what do you give me a diet coke for <laughs> no give it to me thanks that's what I asked for. Yeah, You're just doing your you. job, but I am going to have to punch you. Have, have a great one, buddy. Just to save face in front of Macho Man Kenny Anderson here. I mean, Kenny yeah, Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson, sorry. yeah, exactly. Um, wow. Okay, well, thank you so much for the suggestion. That was a menu I could have spent even more time than the, I don't know, last half hour we spent on it. <laughs> uh, that place looks really good. Yeah, thank you so much. I'd love uh, to know IRLJZ. If this is a place you've been before, because otherwise, how'd, how'd you hear about it? We'd love to know the backstory. Yes. The origin story of you knowing about Del Frisco's. And this could be a major blind spot of Simon and, and mine uh, that we don't know about Del Frisco's. Perhaps it's a far more legendary spot than we're aware of. That could definitely be. I know very little about steakhouses, despite the fact that I'm a red-blooded. <laughs> I'm also now, I don't know about you, Simon, but I am all aboard the Del Frisco train. If in this life I ever have an opportunity to hit one up, <laughs> uh, I think, I'll, I think I'll definitely take advantage of it. Yeah, we got to do it. Steakhouses are, are really awesome. They, they tend to attract... <laughs> A not great crowd, honestly, in my experience, but the food is awesome. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people are going to be wearing masks in a steakhouse. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's um, a lot of uh, a lot of R voters. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's interesting the company we've chosen to keep over the years. <laughs> Not a lot of steakhouse sounds. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, hey, we could change that. Yeah, de- definitely. <laughs> we're just a, we're just a pair of Cadillacs looking for a big slab of beef to pull up next to. Exactly. Exactly. Dual uh, airbag. Yes. Uh, dual airbag. Rate and review us anywhere you get your podcast. Five stars. Five stars. Send in questions, comments, critiques, if they're constructive. Otherwise, spare us the <laughs> critiques. <laughs> right. We're we're as we've talked about, pretty thin skin. We're so. hey, we 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 like we like uh, beef as much as we don't like hearing bad things said about us. Exactly, exactly. Um, but thank you for listening. If you have listened to the one hour and 18 minute mark here, <laughs> it is uh, a commendable act. Hopefully we will all be out and about and doing things that would prevent us from listening to an hour and 20 minute long podcast. <laughs> but for the time being, we're all mostly, you know, doing this COVID thing. So, I hope everyone stays uh, 
safe and well-fed on beef products of whatever variety you can get your hands on. And we will go ahead and see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like pina colada.